If not, turn with me this morning in the book of John. John chapter number 13. The Word of God. John chapter 13. Don't feel as studied as I like to be today, this morning, but I'm going to give you what God gave me earlier in the week. John 13. When you find your place, please stand. Out of reverence, out of respect to God's Word. Amen. John 13. Verse number 1. Say, Amen. Found your place. Amen. Amen. That was awful weak. Say, Amen. Found your place. Amen. There you go. John 13. Verse number 1. The Bible said this. Now before the feast of Passover... When Jesus knew that His hour was come, that He should depart out of this world unto the Father. Having loved His own which were in the world, He loved them unto the end. Let's read one more time. Now, before the feast of Passover, when Jesus knew that His hour was come, that He should depart out of this world unto the Father. Having loved His own which were in the world, He loved them unto the end. Let's pray. Your Lord, most kind, gracious, loving Heavenly Father, we thank You, God, so much for this privilege, this opportunity, God, just to be in Your house. Father God, I come to You this morning. Father, is nothing. God, God, You're everything. God, I pray, Lord, this morning that You would have Your hand be done upon this service. God, I pray, Lord, that You give me the words that's needed this morning. And I pray, God, that You'd help us just to draw closer to You, Father. Help us to serve You, Lord. Father God, we thank You. Father, we love You. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for standing and be seated. I preach this morning on this thought unto the end. Unto the end. And, and I placed a little mirror there by your seat and that ain't to check your hairs or the hair you don't have or do have. Amen. It's just we're going to use it Lord willing here after a while. But before we get started this morning, I want to give you some history uh, on the book of John. Then we'll look at the context of our scripture and we'll see just what it is going on. Now, I feel it necessary this morning uh, to give so much history on the Word of God because many times we leave out the history of the book and we dive right into a message sometimes and we fail to understand what God is saying. Or adding, you know, uh, the Bible is important. Amen. And I believe it's important to know what is taking place in God's holy word. Or I've done it that way for three years and you never complain one time. I appreciate that. But within our minds, let's take a quick overview of this book known as the book of John. Now, we know this book this morning is the fourth gospel in the Word of God. We know this morning that this Gospel of John has held a long value and honor among Christians even in our day. Now it's this book that has one of the most quoted verses in the whole entire world. Amen. It's just so simple and it just so happens this morning to be John chapter 3 verse 16. It's quoted more than any other verse 
that we could quote. You and I probably know the verse enough to quote it ourselves. And we know that it says, For God so loved the world. I've been quoted twice. I'm going to quote it again. Probably again. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. In that verse this morning, there's enough gospel to save the whole entire world if they would call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm glad that God so loved the world enough to give His Son Jesus to die for us, aren't you? But I'm glad that He loved the world enough to raise His Son on the third day. Hallelujah, free up. And, bring, uh, and I'm glad one day He's coming back. And that's why we can praise His name this morning. That's why you and I ought to be able to shout. And I know a man who used to uh, drop his hat and then he'd shout. And we ought to be the ones that drop our hats. Amen. And then shout around because Christ is coming back. Hey, friend, the Lord is on the throne. Christ is in control. And we got a lot to shout about. I ain't got much to pout about. I got a lot to shout about. The sin debt's been paid in full this morning. And you can find all that great news in the book of John. Hallelujah. Friend, it's no wonder the book of John has been held in such high regard through the years. Amen. And you and I also ought to hold it in high regard as well. Amen. It's the great and wonderful book this morning of John that holds in high regard the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And we ought to hold Him in high regard. The person of Christ. If you were to read this book, which I highly recommend this morning, especially if you've just gotten saved or ain't been this thing very long, the book of John will help you this morning. But you see this focuses on the greatest mystery of all time. That person of Christ. It focuses on Jesus' relationship that He has with the Father. It shows us the importance this morning of believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a lot of folks that believe in Christ, but there's a lot of folks that don't believe on Christ. Amen. If you're here, and I want to say this, if you happen to be lost, it'd be a good day to believe on Christ instead of in Christ. The devil believes in Christ, but if you believe on Christ, Amen. The demons believe in Christ, but they don't believe on Christ. Alright, anyhow, I'm glad you can call on Christ this morning if you're saved, if you're lost, and you can be saved. Well, that too is found in the book of John. Alright, we can go on and on about the history of John, but let's look at what's going on here in chapter number 13. Alright, so if we're going to look here, let's read verse number 1. The Bible said, Now before the feast of Passover, when Jesus knew that His hour was come, that He should depart out of this world unto the Father. Having loved His own which were in the world, He loved them unto the end. So this part in our text this morning we see is taking place right before the feast of Passover. So we know at this time that a lamb would be slain for the sacrifice of the people there. Or at Jesus being all God and all man. Knew tonight, or knew this morning that His time had come and the Bible says that. So we see that this was the time that Christ was about to die and be hung on a cross for you and for me. That's the text this morning. You'd also see this morning, uh, as we read on down here, this is a, a where you'd see that Jesus Christ washes His disciples' feet. We're going to look at that. Well, let's read verse number 2 at this. The Bible said, And supper being ended, the devil, having now put to the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. 
The supper was about to take place in verse number 1. In verse number 2, some time elapsed. And the supper had already taken place. Alright? So this morning, the devil had put into the heart of Judas Iscariot to betray Jesus Christ into the hands of sinners. Now let's read verse 3 and 4. And see what else happened. The Bible said this. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into His hands, and that He was come from God and went to God, He riseth from supper and laid aside His garments and took a towel and girded Himself. Jesus Christ went to Calvary. We know that. And we talked about it before. He gets up from supper here at the Feast of Passover. And He knows that He is going to have to endure the cross. Okay? He knows that He's going to have to take the beat. He knows this morning that He is about to be betrayed and mocked and ridiculed, made fun of, beaten to death, and hung on a cross. He knew that, okay? So He went there to God and went back again. Now after that, we see this. Listen now, Jesus Christ grabs a towel after He laid His garments aside. We'll look at why He done that after a while. But after that, that's when He washed the disciples' feet. The Bible said in verse number 5 and 6, After that he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith it was girded. We're going somewhere, just hold on. The Bible said, Then cometh he to Simon Peter. And Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Peter did not want Jesus to wash his feet, did he? Alright, here's what Jesus said in verse number 7. Jesus answered and said to him, What I do, thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter goes on to say this in verses 8 through 9. The Bible said, Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet, but also my hands and my head. Peter wanted to have part with Jesus, didn't he? Alright, so that's what he says there. But then Jesus answers back with this. Verse number 10. Jesus saith unto him, He that is washed needeth not saved to wash his feet, but is clean everywhere. And ye are clean, but not all. Jesus knew which one of these boys was going to betray him. Jesus knew which one of these boys uh, was going to take him and betray him into the hands of sinners. I do not believe this morning Judas was a saved man because they were clean, but not all. Jesus done all that. Then He said in verse 16, Verily, verily, I send you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent them. Jesus asked His disciples, back up in verse number 12, He said, Know ye what I have done to you. And what Jesus Christ was doing this morning is He was showing these disciples here that He was a humble man. He was giving you and me an example to live by this morning. And that example is this. Amen. Just like Jesus Christ, just like Christ was not greater, you and I are no better than anybody this morning. We have gotten to a place in society where Christians look down our very simple noses at people when we're no better still. That's not popular, but it's right. Okay? We're not to think of ourselves higher than anybody else just because we're saved. Amen? The Jews thought higher themselves because they come from the lineage of Abraham there and they thought of themselves higher. And now we're coming that way ourselves. Yeah. Oh my. I'm trying not to get off track this morning. But we'll get to the place and to the point where we'll look and we'll say, well, I drive a Ford. 
Christ. And I don't know what that means. But listen, we get to the place where we look at the world and we we'll say, hey, we're better than them out there. We ain't no better, friend. We're no better. Christ was a humble man. Gave us an example in the Bible. We're not to think of ourselves higher. Verse 17 said this as well. If you know these things, happier you to do them. Well, we're happy when we just serve others. Christ served others. Friend, the Bible said in verse 37 through 38, Listen to this. Peter said to him, Lord, why cannot I follow thee now? I will lay down my life for thy sake. Jesus answered him, Wilt thou lay down thy life for my sake? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, The cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me thrice. You know what Peter done? He got prideful. He got lifted up in pride. And he said, Christ, I will die for you. But listen, the next time we see Peter in the Word of God, this part of his life, this wasn't his whole life, hallelujah, but this part of his life we see him warming his hands by the fire while the Savior is dying on the cross. Oh my. I'm very afraid that there are folks in our day that are a lot like Peter. I mean, friend, Peter was a man. He'd done some great things for God. And he might have even died for Christ in the end. But we see that instead of living for Christ at this moment, he did not live for Christ. I'm very afraid that in the church of America today, it is filled with people that talk to big toe, but don't walk alone. Is that where we're at? And I want to give you three things God's given me, and I can already tell we're going to have a, a, as much fun as a barrel of monkeys. Number one, I see this. I see the ones that He loved. Number two, I see this. The love that He loved us with. Number three, I see this. The love we ought to love Him with. Well, let's begin. Let's look, number one, at the ones that He loved. The Bible said in verse number one, now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that His hour was come, that He should depart out of this world unto the Father. Having loved His own which are in the world, He loved them unto the end. I'm going to put a, a break right here just a second, but we know that He loved His own. We're going to look at that in a minute. But the thing that amazes me the most this morning is that He loved you and me before we were His own. Friend, the great God of heaven looked down this morning upon sinful humanity and He said, seen you and me out in sin. He's seen us not loving God. Amen. He's seen you and me as our lives were wrecked. Amen. He said, preacher, I didn't do much wrong. Hey, in the ground's level at the foot of the cross. Well, I, I got a lot of time to give you this morning, but we've all sinned. We've all come short of the glory of God. And friend, the great God of heaven looked down and He said, I love Him. If somebody does me wrong, I'm going to fall up my fist and I'm going to get angry at them. But Christ didn't do that. He said, I love them. I'll die for them. I want to save them so they can go to heaven with me. Well, Jesus looked down. He saw a bunch of good for nothing nobodies. That ain't popular, but it's right. He seen people who were wicked. He seen people who could do no right. Jesus looked down and He saw me and He seen us whom the Bible talks about Romans 3 and 23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. He saw the ones in which the Bible said Romans 3 and 10. As it is written, there is none righteous. No, not one. That knocks me off my horse. 
And you know what? Sometimes it would be good for us to get knocked off a high horse a little bit. Jesus saw a bunch of people that went astray. Isaiah 53 and 6 said this, All we like sheep have went astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on them the iniquity of us all. Why can we not see revival in America today? Because every man has went his own way, and nobody wants to turn to God. We want to do things our way when we ought to do it God's way. Christ loved you and me. I don't understand how you can love a bunch of people that went their own way, that done their own way. But he said, I'll die for them. He said, I'll go to Calvary for them. Oh, friend, he loved us before we as his own. And he, you and me, friend, when we were out in sin, he loved us, friend. It don't matter if you were a slave to some terrible sin. It don't matter if you were a slave to some little sin. That all sins are same in God's eyes, and all sins against God. It don't matter how big, how little, how small. If you're here and if you're breathing God's air this morning, I want you to understand that you have sinned, I have sinned, and comes from the glory of God. Each and every one of us free up. Hey, it's kind of like this. When you're in a bus, you're all together. But you and I are in the same bus called sin. And we is all together. And Jesus Christ looked down. And He said, I love them anyhow. And I'm going to die for them. Friend, if you're here this morning, if you ever told a little white lie, you ain't got to raise your hand. If you told a white lie before, guess what? You're guilty of all. Guilty of it all. Now listen to me. The Bible said this in James 2 and 10. For whosoever shall keep the whole law, and yet in one point he is guilty of all. Boy, I like that verse right there about as much as I like Greeks, and I like them. That verse is right. Amen. It's right. That means that we're guilty. This ain't going to fly well. It ain't. There's guilty as a homosexual crowd. Amen. Yeah, that's right. We're as guilty as the ones that committed adultery. We're as guilty as the ones this morning. Amen. That, that, that's in jail this morning. We're as guilty as the drunk down the road. But I'm telling you, the great God in heaven looked at sinful humanity and Sometimes we get to the place where we look at people and not their souls. And as I was gathering, I don't even know where I'm going. As I was gathering around uh, my grandma's uh, case the other day, I was looking at some folks in our family lost his mom high weeds. And I looked at my wife and I said, I feel so sorry for those people right now. They have no hope in knowing they're going to see mom all again. So we got hope. Sinful humanity. Ungodly, wicked, hell deserving sinners have hope this morning. I got a hope that I know where I'm going when I leave the world behind. I got a hope this morning. And I know that it's going to come to pass because faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. If you read the book, friend, you can believe what it said. Amen. God pinned down the words of the book for wicked sinners like you and me. Could God so love the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life? 
want love. Greater love had a man than this. That a man lay down his flag for his friends. Oh, friend. Before we were saved, he said he gave his flag for his friends. As we were hanging him on the cross with our sin, he said, they're my friends. I do not understand. That's the mind of God. I can't contain it. I can't understand it. I can't explain it. All I know is I believe it. Oh, friend. Bible says in verse number 1, Now before the feast of Passover, when Jesus knew that His hour was come, that He should depart out of this world to the Father, having loved His own which were in the world, He loved them until the eon. He loved the ones before we got saved. He loves the ones that's in the world. That are saved living for Him now. Amen. For in this world right where you and I are at this morning. Uh, with so much hate. So much violence. So much anger. So many things going on. May I say to you that God still loves us. Amen. Friend, listen. I'm not trying to preach like smiling this morning. And I can hand you a bunch of land and smile real big. And, and listen to me. I'm telling you this morning. You're saved. God loves you. Now, we don't love Him like we ought to, but He loves us. Friend, I'm glad when Jesus looks upon the saint of the earth, I'm glad He don't see our sin no more. You say, preacher, what do you mean? He sees the blood of His Son. You know what that tells me? The Bible said, Jesus will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Hey, I'm telling you this morning, have you forgot about your son or your daughter? I'm telling you, friend, when Christ looks on us that are saved, He sees the blood. He ain't forgotten about us because He sees the Son and He loved the Son. Amen. He loved Him enough there. When He's getting baptized, He said, this is in whom I'm well pleased. I'm telling you, friend, He'll never leave us nor forsake us. Even though the world may hate us in the sky, Just in knowing that we serve a God that cannot lie. That was saying Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. Let your conversation be without covetousness. And be content with such things as you have. For He has said, I'll never leave thee, nor forsake thee. You know what that means? That means one day, from the eastern sky, He's going to step right in. Because He's never left us, nor forsake he said, we're sealed until the day of redemption. And our redemption, I believe, draweth nigh. I'm telling you, friend, one of these days, He's going to step out on the cloud because we serve a God that cannot lie. We serve a God who wrote that verse there in Hebrews, laid in His Word. And friend, I'm telling you, He loves us with a love that we can't imagine. Well, I was talking to a man this week, and God had laid this on my heart. He used to be a preacher, his friend of mine. And he said, boy, if you preach about anything yesterday, I wish we need some love. And I thought, man, God just put his stamp of approval. And he had no idea. But I'm telling you, friend, we serve a God in heaven that loves us. Amen. Jesus never leaves our side, even when it feels like he might not be there. I wish Amos is here. When they travel down to Memphis, I know there's a God and they won't leave their side. I'm telling you this morning, through every trial, through every tribulation, through everything, through COVID, through everything this morning, with the loss of a loved one, I'm telling you we've got a God in heaven that will not leave our side. Hey, He sent a comforter. 
with a capital C to comfort us every step of the way. I can't understand how He gives grace, but He does. Even in those situations. Just how much does Jesus love us now? Well, He loves you and me to be right there at our beck and call, don't He? Hey, through. Man, I'm getting full. Oh, the Christ hung on Calvary. There was a veil. And when He died, rose again. There was a veil between God and man. But oh, when Jesus Christ died and rose again, He broke the veil. And the veil's gone. Yet you and me throw our access to the throne room of God. Hey, we can go straight to Him. He's there our every day and call. Every time we need it, Christ never fails. How much does He love us? Oh my. I can't explain it. I had a bunch of stuff wrote down. That ain't what God wants. I can't explain it. I cannot explain His love for us. I cannot do it. But I'll tell you where it don't come from. It don't come from riches and gold or anything like that. And I'm just going to give you what God's done me this week. I thought I prayed. And I told the men outside this. I prayed. My car has been messing up on me for a pretty good while now. Been an aggravating Ford, most aggravating car I've ever had in my life. And it broke down. I said, Lord, I know God hears these things. You might say this is crazy. I believe we're praying all things. I said, Lord, if you want me to have a car, you're going to have to let me know because I really don't want to get out. Nobody ever wants to do that. And, uh, well, I got a little past the Chevrolet place because I passed it up because I'm, I'm kind of crazy. I had my mind going a hundred different directions. Right there beside the Chevrolet place, my car broke down. I said, okay, Lord, now you're going to have to find something that I can afford. I went to the car lot. I'm arguing with God the whole time. So I just don't know what to do. My wife was there. I was driving her crazy. I was asking her. I should have been asking the Lord. I said, what do you think? What do you think? And that's how I am. But when we got there, and I'm going somewhere with all of you. When we got there, they had one car on the lot. And I thought, well, so I just don't know. I'm still arguing with God. I just prayed five minutes down the road. It's a big decision. I said, Lord, it is for me anyway. I said, Lord, I don't know what to do. God said, you dummy. He didn't say that. But listen to him. He was right there with me. Never stepped away. Friend, I'm telling you every step away. God is right there with you. Never leave you nor forsake you. You say, well, the country has gone haywire. Yeah, but God's still with us. You say, well, there's a virus going on. Yeah, there is. But God's still with us. Amen. You say, preacher, I've lost loved ones. I've done all kinds of things. Been going through a mess. I want to tell you this morning, good news from heaven, that God is still with you. Never leave you. Nor forsake you. Well, let's look number two at the love He loves us with. We know that He loves us enough to go with us. We know that. And then His love is not a selfish love. Well, the Bible says in verses 2 through 4 here, and suffer being ended, the devil having now put it in the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into His hand, and that He was come from God and went to God, He rises from supper and laid aside His garments, and took a towel and girded himself. 
When Jesus laid aside His garments and took a towel, that shows you and me how much He loves us. Well, I've never seen this before. I got to reading a little history. When a person wore a towel in those days, it meant they were a slave. Now Jesus Christ, being all God, all man, laid aside the garments they had to become a slave. You would be. Listen to me. Not only did it mean a slave, but it means that he was the lowest person on the total pole at this time. He would have been a person out on the street in which people would spit at and mock and make fun of. He was a slave. He was associated with God, the Son of Glory, laid his garment down to become a slave for you and for me. He was despised and rejected of me all because of that love that He loved you and me. We he, had, he had His beard plucked out for you and for me this morning. And just for a little while, He became a slave to the devil. He did. Bible says in verse number 2, the devil having put it in, uh, put, put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray Him. Jesus left. The devil himself betrayed him so he could die for you and for me. And yes, he let him because he didn't have to. Oh my. He became a slave. Could you imagine the pain of the Father looking down from heaven above and him having to let his son be betrayed into the hand of the devil? Oh my. I don't know if the devil thought he had Jesus or not. I've heard it preached several different ways. I have. I don't know. Because the devil knew the Bible. I don't know if he knew his end. I don't, I don't know. But I do know this. At this time, the devil was laughing in the face of Jesus and said, You have been betrayed to the hands of sinners. I believe that. But hear me well. The whole matter of the point is this. If Jesus had not have loved you and me, He would have never been betrayed into the hands of wicked and sinful man. He would have never become a slave for us. He would have never became the curse if He didn't love us. He never would have uh, endured the beatings and the pains and the mockings and the beard plucking and the spitting and friend they even found Him and hit Him in the face and blindfolded Him. He never would have done that if He didn't love you and me. And if he didn't love the world that's outside the church this morning, he suffered more than physical pain. He suffered emotional pain. Sometimes that's the worst pain you can suffer. Emotional pain wears on the body like nothing else quite can. It goes through your mind, and, and many people, because of their mind, and then they've got sick, and some folks have gotten even cancer because it's ate at their mind. They become in emotional pain, suffering for you and for me. He became a slave, he became a servant. The Bible said in verses 5 through 10, he yearned. After that, he poured the water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then come and eat of Simon Peter, and Peter said unto the Lord, Dost thou wash my feet? Jesus said to him, What I do, thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. 
Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter saith unto the Lord, Not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus saith to him, He that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. He became a slave. He became a servant. Here's the God of glory. Down on his knees. Washing people's feet with a piece of towel that he had hanging around, hanging around his waist. What was he showing? How humble. How much he loved you. Hardly anybody is willing to do anything in this day and time that's going to cause them any trouble for you. But Jesus Jesus said, it's going to cost me my life. But I'm going to go to Calvary. Greater love had no man than this. That a man lay down his life for his friend. Not only did he lay his life down, he became a slave. He became a servant. He became a Some 2,000 years ago on Calvary, Christ took our sin and nailed it to the cross. Amen. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus was not a selfish man. Isaiah 53 and 7 says he was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. What love. What love. He suffered the worst death ever imaginable to man. He became the servant and the slave. He became troubled more than you and me can ever imagine. He loved unconditionally. Unconditional love for mankind. If his love had had a condition, there would have been no way we've ever got here. It was for all. It is for all. Whosoever. Boy, if you're not a whosoever this morning, why don't you come be a whosoever? Amen. Listen, in the Bible said in John 15, 13, I've said it, said it, I'm going to say it again. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friend. Well, let's look number three. We see that he loved us unconditionally. Died for us. Went through the pain for us, the agony. Now let's look number three. How we ought to love him. I said all that other stuff to say this. A lot of us are like Peter. And we know that Peter didn't exactly put it like this. But what he was getting at in our text is he's telling Jesus. He's saying I'll love you until the end. I'll go with you until my life is through. And that's the kind of love that Jesus loves us with. He loves us. Amen. And and it never stops. And I'm glad that it's that love that has no end. But I'm afraid a lot of us are like Peter. We'll talk a big game. Amen. And we'll do a lot of stuff. But we don't back it up with the action that we ought to have. The Bible says in verses 36 and 37, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, whither goest thou? Jesus answered him, Whither I go, thou canst not follow me now, but thou shalt follow me afterwards. Peter said to him, Lord, why cannot I follow thee now? I will lay down my life for your sake. Peter was telling Jesus, he said, God, he said, Lord, I'll die for you. That's what Peter was saying. 
Peter was saying in a sense this morning, Lord, I'll go where no other man dares to go. He said, Lord, I'll never deny you. But Jesus tells Peter this in verse 38. Jesus answered, Will thou lay down the light for my sake? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, The cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me thrice. The next time we see Peter, we see him warming his hands by the fire of the world. And while Jesus Christ, the Savior, is dying for all mankind on an old bloody cross. I'm very afraid this morning that that is exactly what many children of God are doing in our day. What do you mean, preacher? I'm afraid we're warming our hands by the fire of the world. The things of the world. The ways of the world. The language of the world. The talk of the world. While Christ is sitting there on high and He's looking and He's crying and He wants somebody to live for Him. Oh my, I knew there wasn't going to be a lot of shouting. Peter began to follow Christ afar off. At one time, he was right by the side of Christ. This, the Bible, and the farther away he got, the more Peter denied he knew him. Listen, the Bible said in John 18, 15 through 18. Turn over there with me, John 15. John 18, 15 through 18. Look at this. And Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple. That disciple was known as the high priest and went in with Jesus into the place of the high priest. Look at Peter. He didn't go in right there. But Peter stood at the door without. Then went out that other disciple, which was known to the high priest, and spake unto her that kept the door and brought in Peter. And then Peter was brought in. But listen to what he said. Then said the damsel that kept the door unto Peter, Are not thou also one of this man's disciples? He saith, I am not. And the servants and officers stood there who made a fire of coals, for it was cold. And they warmed themselves, and Peter stood with them and warmed himself. This goes on a total of three times, Peter denying Christ. But the thing I see out of our text, I see that Peter said, I'm willing to give my life for you, Christ. I'm willing to die for you. That's exactly what he did later. How many friends, Jewish historians have said that Peter was crucified upside down for Christ? What are you getting at, preacher? But friend, the love we ought to have for Christ is this. We ought to want to die for Him. But we ought to want to live for Him. Oh my. There are many who would say, yeah, preacher, I'll die for my faith. That's easy. Easy. I've heard many people make this statement. And right here we see Peter make the same statement. And and maybe he did die for Christ for preaching the gospel. As far as Jewish history tells us. But the thing I see at this point in Peter's life, he said he died for Christ, but he couldn't live for Christ. Friend, for the child of God this morning, we can be like Paul. Where it says Philippians 1.21, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Sure. We can say that. That's easy. Amen. We can say like Paul in 2 Corinthians 5 and 8. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be asked for the body than to be present with the Lord. We can say that. It's easy. Because I'm willing to be there. We can say that with Paul. We can shout. We can rejoice. But in that same scripture, uh, uh, we see this. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 5 and 9, which goes along with verse number 8. Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of Him. Whether Christ is present or absent. 
And then, and then 2 Corinthians 5 verse 10, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Friend, there are a lot of people that don't like it, but Brother JR's hit on it already. We're going to stand before Christ one day and we're going to answer for what we did do for him or not do. Not because of sin. Sin was judged on Calvary, but because of what you do after you are saved. Bible said in Matthew 16 and 24, then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. The cross is heavy at times. Think about it. Boy, I like to preach on the marks of a Christian sometimes. That cross. Dig in. Listen here. Christ also said this in Matthew eleven twenty nine 29 through 30, Take my yoke upon you. And learn it from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And you shall find rest unto your souls. Maybe not your body, but your soul. For my yoke is easy, and my burden's light. Friend, I tell you what, I had more joy in serving Christ than I ever had when I was serving Savior. The joy, the burden's easy. His yoke is light. Many folks are like Peter. Are willing to die for Christ. But many folks just won't live for Him. You know what's wrong with our churches today? Well, come in Sunday morning and live for Christ and go out Monday and do the devil. Sad, sad truth. I've heard people that say they go to church. They say, oh, I'm faithful to church. I'm faithful to church. But then their mouth don't ever reflect that. That's sad. The point God wanted me to make is this. Many will die for Christ, but how many will live for Him? There's many folk talking good talk. My hope and prayer for all of us, myself included, Mountain View Baptist Church, is that we'd be willing to say, we're going to live for Jesus. We're going to live for Him every day. Friend, that man, uh, uh, there was a man one time who was telling me a story, my uncle this week, about a preacher who was preaching revival. And this is what the man does. He went to a funeral home and he said, I want to borrow a casket. Some of y'all may have heard this. I don't know. And in that casket, he laid a mirror. Y'all heard this? This, this took wins. And he said, he said I, I laid, that, laid that mirror in the casket. And he said, I had the church come around and look in that casket. And everyone on them saw the reflection of themselves. And he said, you know, I've preached something this week. He said, I can't get a word from God. He said, we ain't had meeting. And he said, we're dead. He said, you're dead like a person laying in the casket. He said, you're dead, you're cold on God. After those folks went around there, folks started coming to the altar and weeping and crying. Revival broke out. One of the best meetings that you'd ever seen. You know what happened? Folks got honest with God. My friend, listen. But that's what the preacher said. He said, this church is like somebody laying in a casket. They're cold. They're dead. I'm very afraid this morning that's how many children of God are in our day. I've laid a mirror at the end of your pew. I want you to take that mirror up. And I, want you to... I didn't want to make you come around. Some of you might have got rid of it third way. I don't know. I want you to look at it. And I want you to pass that mirror down. 
But when you look in that mirror, I want you to say this. In your head, don't say it out loud. How am I living for Christ? Go ahead and look at it. Pass it on to the next person. Go ahead. How am I living for Christ? Don't look over your shoulder at your neighbor. Look at yourself. How am I living for Christ? You're the only one that knows. How am I living for Christ? I've done looked in the mirror at home. I've got, done took my living. I did. How am I living for Christ? How am I living for Christ? How am I living for Christ? You look at it. Ask the question. How am I living for Christ? See, Peter was willing to die for him. But there at this point, Peter's life. He denied three times. Three times. Oh my, how am I living for Christ? Let's all stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Just want the mirrors to get around. As your eyes are closed this morning, you think about what you see in that mirror. With that thought digging into our minds this morning, I want to ask this question. Have you been living for Christ? If we were all honest this morning, I can honestly say this, we could probably all do a lot better than we do. That's just me. But if you're here this morning and you say, Preacher, I'm not satisfied with where I am with Christ right now. Why don't you come to this altar? Why don't you tell God about it? God, I'm not satisfied with where I'm at with you. Sometimes our problem is that we get satisfied with where we are. And we get to a point where we don't think we can do anything else. Sometimes He wants us to press on, get a little closer. He knows how you are outside of church. He knows how your mouth is outside of church. He knows what your attitude's like. He knows what your business life is like. He knows what your home life is like. He knows you. He made you. He created you. As you look in that mirror, you've seen what God made. How are you living for Him? I'm very afraid there are many people that are talking the talk, but not walking the walk. There comes a point in your life where you have to say, you know what, Lord? I'm going to stop just talking it. I'm going to